One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to Achtung Radio. My name is Nick Hart and this is the podcast that looks at the past via the medium of a randomly chosen old newspaper. In this edition today, dear listeners, we're looking at a copy of the Sunday Pictorial, dated March the 20th, 1938. Sunday Pictorial being the Sunday edition of the Sunday Mirror, nowadays known or since 1963 as the Sunday Mirror. Very much one of the salacious school of British Sunday newspapers. Red tops nowadays we call them. Back then, I don't think that expression existed. Though this one does have a red uh, banner, um, Sunday Pictoria, advertising Ivan Novello on page 8 and A.P. Herbert, a columnist on, on page 13. But that's in red. But the big banner headline is Mr. Eden's Future, an exclusive for the Sunday Mirror, Sunday Pictorial. They've tracked down the recently resigned Sir Anthony Eden, resigned from the British cabinet, on the strength of Neville Chamberlain's 1938 policy of appeasement towards Adolf Hitler. Appeasement, of course, being the policy pursued prior to the outbreak of the Second World War, of concessions being made to to Adolf Hitler uh, in his ever um, insatiable quest for recovery of Germany's prestige and and uh, territorial position prior to the end of the First World War and the, and the uh, penalties imposed by the Treaty of Versailles at the end of World War One. Now, Anthony Eden, Sir Anthony Eden, later Lord Avon, 1897 to 1977, was a British Conservative politician who served a number of periods as Foreign Secretary prior to the Second World War and then briefly after the, uh, in the 1950s, after the war, as Prime Minister, he was instrumental in the debacle that became known as the Suez Crisis in 1956, leading to his resignation as, as Prime Minister. Born into the landed gentry, Eden was educated at Sandroid School in Cobham, and then Eton College, where he excelled at languages, including French and German, that would serve him well later in his political career, where he would be able to speak in German to Adolf Hitler and also in French to the Chinese Premier Chou Enlai in 1954. Eden was a war hero, First World War hero, um, decorated with the 
military cross amongst um, many, many engagements in that conflict. He lost both brothers, uh, one at the, the Battle of Jutland and one in the early part of the First World War in France. Interestingly, during the 1918 March-Spring Offensive by the German Empire, their last throw of the dice in the First World War, um, Eden actually found himself stationed on the opposite trenches to Adolf Hitler, though obviously they would not have known of each other, Hitler being a mere corporal in the, in the, in the Kaiser's army at that point. Uh, a glittering political career, I think it's fair to say that. Um, increasingly, during the course of the 1930s, he found himself at odds with Neville Chamberlain's policy of trying to reach some rapprochement, some understanding with the Axis powers. In, in 1938, February, he resigned from the government um, in protest at Chamberlain's policy of coming to friendly terms with, with the Italian fascists. Um, Eden used secret intelligence reports to conclude that the Mussolini regime in Italy at that time and subsequently would pose a threat to Britain. So in this edition of the Sunday Papers, the Sunday Pictorial, their man has been sent 1,100 miles in actual fact by plane from Croydon Airport to the south of France to visit the Villa Valletta where Britain's ex-Foreign Secretary, Auntie Eden, was residing, was resting, sorry, was resting at a top-notch villa in the south of France. They inquire after his health. I think the resignation was pinned on rumours of bad health, which were um, denied here. They say he's fitter. He plays um, regular tennis against the, the English uh, professional champ, one Jack Levold, Levold, playing in the afternoon against Jack with Mrs. Eden watching and a young French detective guarding him and shooing away cameramen, as the report has it here, if anyone should find him, such as the Sunday pictorials man. He denies in this report he's planning to uh, form a breakaway peace party, um, denying that he's collaborating closely with Lloyd George, David Lloyd George, the Prime Minister of the First World War, and Winston Churchill, not yet Sir Winston Churchill, just Winston Churchill, both of which, um, or those rumours denied as, as being unfounded by... Anthony Eden. And how is he spending his time, the, the Sunday pictorial asks. It says he idles away the morning hours, very nice, and plays vigorous tennis with Jack Leavold in the afternoon under the close supervisory eye of, of his security team. If you want to know his, what Mr Eden's tennis game was like, incidentally, dear listener, he has a good forehand volley, apparently, but a rotten backhand drive, just as well he never played tennis um, at Wimbledon in that case. Also on the front page is a story of a prisoner being released upon his wife's plea to the to the Home Secretary. Convicted of dangerous driving, this chap uh, released upon his plea from his wife who was bedridden and somehow running the family business despite him doing some time in the nick for dangerous driving. And uh, the authorities relented and let him out, I think, possibly as a result of some of the publicity the mirror the pictorial has given it we have a big banner headline we will come back to this 20 years of peace this is the sunday pictorials plan to preserve the peace in europe avoid world war and reach terms respectable terms with mr hitler in germany and as i said i do remind you this is dated march the 20th 1938 this particular edition We'll come back to that. The big stories, as always, as ever, across time, come on the inside pages of the Sunday papers, don't they, dear listener? And there we see it on page two of the Sunday pictorial. Housewives faint in road jam. Housewives in Ilford Broadway, in Ilford, else Essex, were fainting due to the number of people crowding the streets, if you can believe this. Um, on, on the Ilford Broadway, doing their Saturday evening shopping. Roadworks were forcing uh, a narrowing of the pavement 
um, leading to some crowding, crowds entering from both ends of this crowded area, so congested the space that hundreds of people found themselves trapped between the rails and the shops, unable to move. Several women, overcome by the press, fainted, it says here. Now, it is the Sunday press, so for no good reason I can think of, there's a picture of a chap in his bath with um, three dogs um, lavered up, as it put, lava, la lava me, lava my dog, is the ho-ho-ho headline. Um, I'm not really sure why this picture is in there, other than the fact that it's a bright and in-your-face kind of image of a chap in the bath <laughs> with three dogs, three, three kind of um, puppies, it looked like. Um, I'm going to move on from that. That shampoodles. There's another. There's another headline for you. Shampoodles. Going to move on from that to find that the police in Leicester have nicked some booksellers, dear listeners, from our own correspondent Leicester Saturday. Police to read sex orgy tales, stacks of books with illustrations of nude women, and containing stories of alleged sex orgies, which were seized by raiding police, will be read by the Leicester detectives. It says. It's expected that the police will seek powers from the court to destroy the books and several prosecutions will be made very, very soon. The raid was a Leicester sensation this afternoon. I bet it was. Gonging police in flying squad cars swooped on six bookshops in the centre of the city. Thousands of persons in the streets were amazed when police cars dashed to the shops and inspectors and detectives hurried inside and seized the literature. The raid was led by the chief of the CID, Detective Superintendent N. Ashburner. N. Ashburner and Detective Inspector W. Haywood. Many of the books are known to have come from America. It says, well, say no more, dear listener, say no more. Mucky books from America in Leicester. And another story that you would think wouldn't be um, headline news, but why not? Woman meets her long-lost brother on a bus. Hardly had Mrs. Laura Wellsbridge of Woodingdean, Sussex, settled down in her seat on the Brighton bus yesterday when a male passenger flung his arms around her neck and kissed her soundly. She gasped with indignation. A moment later, she gasped again with surprise. The man who had kissed her was her younger brother, whom she had not seen in 41 years. Um, below is the story of the chain of circumstances which led to their parting and sudden reunion. I don't think we're going to dwell long on that story, but what a nice little story to balance against that filth going on in Leicester, dear listeners. On to more serious matters. Page 10 is an editorial, Sunday pictorial. Editorial... We're outlining their plan for 20 years of peace. Um, clearly, this, this plan never never worked out, sadly. Um, in a nutshell, uh, the Sunday Pictorial's plan for peace in Europe uh, comes into two areas. Number one, they advocate the formation of a defensive alliance between Britain, France and Russia. And then follow this up with a strengthening of, the, of what they call the Little Entente, a separate alliance of Romania. Yugoslavia, as it existed then, and Czechoslovakia, as that existed then. Um, formation of this main defensive bulwark of Britain, France and Russia, as in the First World War, followed up with a, a smaller linkage with uh, Romania, Yugoslavia and the Czechoslovakians. Um, such an alliance of powers, they say, will be overwhelmingly strong. It could challenge Germany. It could challenge Germany and Italy. It could even challenge Germany and Italy and Japan to do their worst, they claim. They then posed a question, an alliance with Russia, you ask? We may not like Stalin's ruthless methods of government. He was ruthless, as ruthless as Mr. Hitler. Uh, but Stalin has at his disposal the most formidable military machine in the world. And Britain sorely needs this life belt. Um, interesting, interesting. That's point number one. And then point number two. So you're forming the alliance on one side, including Russia. 
Number two, then the other side of the coin is to, to examine Germany's grievances in a sympathetic way. These would be the outstanding areas left by the Treaty of Versailles at the end of the First World War. So they're basically advocating a re revision of um, the Treaty of Versailles. What does that mean in practical terms? It means, or meant, what would happen later in 1938, the settlement of what they call the Sudeten Germans. These were German-speaking people left in Czechoslovakia after the end of the, of the First World War, rather than being part of the German Reich. Um, so they're advocating giving the Sudeten Germans back to the back to the German uh, government. This would happen, of course, during the course of 1938, Sunday pictorial or no Sunday pictorial. They're also advocating the return of or the settlement of territorial claims of Danzig, which is now known as Gdansk in, in Poland, and certain small areas of Belgian, Dane, uh, Denmark and the Italian borderlands. Um, so basically they're advocating form a major, major uh, alliance with Russia and France and Britain and effectively giving Germany what it wants in Europe. Um, that's called appeasement. Dear listeners, um, interesting to see it laid out. And they go on to ask the question regarding the, uh, the so-called Polish corridor. This would be the strip of land given to Poland at the end of the First World War to have access to Gdansk, Danzig. Um, are any of these questions, these European territorial questions are they seriously worth fighting for another war would swamp europe in blood would bring wholesale slaughter how catastrophic it is impossible to conceive of yeah yeah and so it turned out to be of course uh, but there we are that was the sunday pictorial editorial line rearm form an alliance with uh, the big powers of europe and allow Germany a free hand effectively. What do you stand for? It poses the question at the end, and it's an interesting question to ask yourself. I know we look at it with, with hindsight. What do you stand for? Another vile flare-up in Europe, whilst our land is strewn with homes still packed with the wretched victims of 1914-18? Or do you stand for peace, it asks. Hmm. Let's have a look at the sport. Always my recipe whenever you start to weigh up some big, heavy old stuff like that. Have a look at the sport. Back page has not actually got sport in it, although there is an article related to Peter Wilson. Otherwise, it's pictures, pictures of their 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 um, lovely lady, as they put it here, lovely lady, and she is lovely. Helen Winston, garlanded with flowers, posing with, a, with an artistically arranged garland of flowers around her, her neck. Um, story of uh, a gunman, air gunman, air rifle, um, in London shooting up some some flats in the in, in the West Side, Marlborough Court. But the story that caught my eye was Pay Up Dave, it says here. Peter Wilson, Britain's greatest sports columnist, can take it as well as give it, it says. But there's one thing he can't do, and that's back down from a challenge. Here's a letter that Peter Wilson received amongst many letter hundreds this week. It's got Dear Pete, but the word dear is crossed out. So it's handwritten. Dear Pete, crossed out for dear. This is not another fan letter, but one to tell you that you are a louse. You're a dirty so-and-so. It's easy for anyone to see that you do not like the Arsenal and your criticisms criticisms are unfair and unjust. But what could one expect from a rat like you? I've only one grudge against a Sunday pictorial and it's you. In plain words, you're lousy and a disgrace to the name of Wilson. This bloke is also named, the, the, the correspondent gives his own name. He's also known as Wilson. That makes sense. Um, here's hoping the next time you shave, you, you, you cut your dirty throat. <laughs> If you have the guts to publish this fan letter, 
so-called fan letter on Sunday, I will send two shillings and sixpence to any charity that you name. Yours in disgust, Dave Wilson. P.S. You are not worth a one and a half penny stamp. He gives an address in Lance Lane, Islington. Um, who says that online threats are a new thing? This was done by correspondents. Pieces of paper. You have to actually make some bloody effort to send this. And get yourself a... a, a well, you bought a stamp, but it said it weren't worth it. Um, so, yeah. So, anyway, Peter Wilson replies. Okay, Dave. Since getting your letter, I've switched over to an electric razor, so my throat was still in one piece. Incidentally, I may not be worth a one and a half penny stamp, but I hope you're worth half a crown, because I'd like you to send it to... The National Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Children, the Victory House in Leicester Square. Do you have any more offers, he says. I'm always willing to take it on the chin or the throat for the sake of the children. That's a character. So he's basically <laughs> had hate mail um, where the bloke wants him to cut his own throat. And he takes him up, bets him that he won't publish it, and he does. So I wonder if, we, we need to know if Dave Wilson ever, ever did make that charitable donation. I bet he didn't. I bet he didn't. Um, I'd, I'd, I'd love to find out. We'll, we'll have a look. I might have another look at on another show. I might have another look. See what became of that that threat. And finally, Peter Wilson is indeed the sports journalist for the Sunday Mirror, Sunday Pictorial. Um, he's got a huge column. Page thirty-one is totally a lot of lot of lot of copy in here. Um, the thoughts of Peter Wilson on the big fight epic of nineteen thirty-eight, which he says will be a return fight between Frank Howe and Tommy Martin at the National uh, Sports Club tomorrow a great sporting week i am not the biggest boxing fan so i don't know whether that um how big a name those names are but it, it's it's a it's quite interesting he is clearly peter wilson is clearly mr sport he writes on on boxing athletics football uh, and national hunt racing amongst other things in fact anything cycling at herne hill you name it peter wilson is the man to write about it and finally finally just to close this show, the uh, wonderful um, personal adverts down the bottom of the page of the Peter Wilson column is Norman could only be content, be content with three threes, a quality cigarettes made by State Express. They're quite out of the ordinary, yet cost only one shilling three pence for 25, says Peggy. That's a personal message to Norman from Peggy. Um, she was more like an advert to me, but anyway. And Madame Two Swords, their new attraction on at Madame Two Swords daily on Sundays, ten o'clock in the morning till ten o'clock at night. Um, the big new um, portrait model there is Herr Hitler. Herr Hitler at Madame Two Swords. There we are, dear listeners. Hope you've enjoyed that edition of Achtung Radio. My name is Nick Hart. I hope you enjoyed it. Please do let me know via Twitter at Achtung Radio what you think of these little shows, and we'll be back again another day with another random newspaper from the past. Until then, bye for now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.